Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I am Connor and I'm here with Mike and we are going to dive right in. Uh, last week we started a new series on the podcast about deconstruction and exvangelicalism and how to make sense of, of all that. And today we are going to press on with that, but with a little bit of nuance, ripping something out of the headlines. We want to talk about the SCOTUS leak and how to make sense of that. So Mike, I'm just going to kick it to you right away. Uh, as you think of what's happened in the last few days, just uh, what Bible passages immediately come to mind that we could kind of anchor our thoughts on for the next few minutes? First thing that comes to my mind is Second Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. And it says this, to this end, we always pray for you that our God would make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christians have a desire to do good and do the work of faith by his power. And then we get this collision course with a sinful world that we are sinful people living, sinful redeemed people living in a sinful fallen world. And so I think of that first, like God's going to, going to, um, you know, uh, fulfill all these results for good and every work of faith by his power up against and really a mashup with second Timothy chapter three, verse one, that says, but understand this. And every Mm -hmm. Christian needs to understand this, that in the last days, there will be times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and here it is, not loving good. Right. Christians who love good are going to be up against uh, people who do not love good, and it even says they'll be treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and even having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And it really makes me think right away when I heard about the SCOTUS leak, I thought to myself, well, that was nefariously done so that this would stir it all up. Mm. But praise God, it's in the conversation right now. It's in the public consciousness. And praise God that we have a whole army of Christians that will not be shouted down. Right. And there, this is uh, this is a form of persecution. Even it's blasphemy against God and his good design. And so if you think about, uh, you know, we want to compassionately and redemptively interact with the world and unbelievers, but we're bringing biblical ethics and morality. Mm-hmm. And we've got to do it lovingly but unapologetically. There's got to be a place for great relationships but holding the truth firmly and not budging. Right. Um, to kind of build the, the bridge towards the deconstruction evangelical conversation, we were just talking a few minutes ago that probably anybody listening could think of family members or friends who uh, grew up in the church and have since left. And as they've heard this leaked news, their response has been categorically negative and they're frustrated and they're saying, what a you know, kind of devolving of our country to overturn Roe. Uh, how do you make sense of that? And if anybody's listening and they're discouraged, thinking, "Man, I knew I grew up with this person who said they were a believer, and and yet now they're not, and um, and they're really frustrated about this." What category do you have for that, Mike? Mm, you know, and by the way, you know, I I, I like to speak my mind here. Um, this has nothing to do with being a Bible believing Christian. Uh, when you're talking about abortion, talking about killing babies, so many people will say, "But it's." But 1973, you know, became the law of the land, blah, 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 blah. Well, and they say, it's not a murder of the baby. It's a medical procedure. And it's my right to choose what I'm going to do with my body. 
And, you know, what, what Roe v. Wade did was prohibited states from restricting abortion, right? And what I think what the leaked uh, memo is, is, is kind of getting at is that it would unlock the gates and say now states can choose for themselves, right? Right. right. But you look at it. People are losing their minds over this. Uh, here's a rip from the headlines. L.A. abortion protest turns violent. Protesters lob rocks and bottles at cops, smash a cruiser's window. Because people lose their minds because they don't get what they want. And I would say this has nothing to do with the, being a Bible-believing Christian. You have got to be solid in Scripture. And when I say nothing to do, what I mean by that is you can't say abortion's okay and I'm a Christian. You just can't say that statement. You can't even say, uh, with a, I think with a clear conscience, hey, um, let people just do what they're going to do. Right. You need to be able to say, no, this is what God says, and he has a good design and I am conscience bound as a Christian to go with what God says, not what my heart feels or what the culture is saying. And, you know, talk about deconstruction. One of the things I like to say is there's a place for honest evaluation. Everything should be able to be honestly mm-hmm. evaluated, mm-hmm. but not for tearing down what stands forever. And God's word stands forever. Isaiah right. 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of our God stands forever. So I think for a Christian, and this is a tight context, a Bible-believing Christian who loves Jesus, many will say, oh, I, yeah, I believe the Bible and I love Jesus, but you know what? I think abortion's okay, or I don't think you can legislate morality and blah, 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 blah. Right. No, what we did is we legislated immorality. Hmm. So it's not, that's not a neutral thing. You don't get to just choose no, no legislation here. Right. right. And so right. We, we legislated, we, we wholesale legislated it's okay we told people it's okay to kill babies well what matters think about this why does this matter regarding social issues because we are christians who are we're sojourners and pilgrims on this earth right but we're bringing the gospel to all so the gospel speaks to every issue and the gospel transforms hearts and worldviews such that you want to please god right without faith it is impossible to please god you can't please god without obeying God and and man cannot give permission to upend or overturn God's eternal decrees what he has said in his inerrant infallible you know inspired word and I would say this if you've had an abortion sin is forgivable mm-hmm. but don't go proudly and say I can do whatever I want because I've gotten permission by the government right so yeah I'm kind of strong on this yeah yeah no I, I know we all are <laughs> uh, I uh, I'm wondering um, I would imagine that a lot of people have similarly strong feelings, but maybe just had this question of, I I hate abortion; it's murder, but I don't know what to I don't know what to do about about it. And mm-hmm. I think they'd be obviously really encouraged by seeing what's come out. Um, but do you have any thoughts about just how people who are whether it's at Grace Church or if you're listening, you know, in somewhere else in the world or in the country, wherever you're at serving the Lord, how can believers try to be? Um, involved in this if they have a big heart to try mm-hmm. to to do something you know okay about the abortion issue okay so <laughs> i'm gonna say and i'm not contradicting you okay so no I, no, no. I, I love I, connor dearly sometimes we don't always agree on certain things but for the most part we're pretty like-minded but what i want to say about that is is that w- there is this there was something i was going to say in my sermon last week that i decided to say in two weeks instead okay because it fit better it didn't fit with the illustration i was giving but i just want to mention something we live in a time where that what you just said is on all of our minds. How can I do more? 
How can I do something about this? So I'm going to go big here and then I'll narrow it down to answer your question. Okay. But I want to go big first. Okay. So here's the deal. What happens is um, we live in a time where, how am I had to put it out off the top of my head? Um, we're, we're guilted. We, we feel guilty all the time and we feel like we're not doing enough. Right. We hear about what's going on in right. Ukraine. We're like, I right. got to do something. Well, you know, we're not built to do something about everything. God didn't design us to know everything that's going on to the ends of the earth in, in a moment's notice. And even all of us finding out about the SCOTUS leak, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have known for a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, you, or you might if you're watching the news. Yeah. Because, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like now we get, it, we get an alert on our phone immediately. Everyone's talking about right. it. Everything's urgent now. Right. And so I just, I just they'll, I'll say more in a couple of weeks about this, but I guess I'll just say, um, let me just say it this way. Um, care deeply, but don't try to carry the world. Right. Do something, but don't give yourself a spiritual hernia. Yep. Okay, you weren't bur- <laughs> yeah, you weren't built to bear the full burden of care for the entire world. And every time we see a hurricane or a shooting spree or a traffic accident, That's right. we think right. and we're told I need to do something because it's my responsibility. And on the and it's like we're going to feel good about ourselves because we check off that box right. or we feel guilty if we don't. Oh, I should be doing more. Uh, the weight of obligation weighs heavy on us. As uh, Tim Challies put it recently, there's an endless circle of obligation. Hmm. Okay. So I would just say bear the burdens, but don't solve every problem of the world. You're not sovereign. Yeah. Okay. Now yep. let me get to answer your question. Okay. So I said that. Yeah. All right. So put that kind of in the, put your back pocket, right. in your back pocket. Right, there. Right. I would say this. This is the way I look at it. Okay. I don't think that I need to go do a ton of things about this. I pray about it. Sure. I hate abortion. I absolutely think it's murder. And when I say I don't know what to do about it, here's what I do. I think, what does the Bible say? All of life is sacred. So you view life as sacred. So you live in your own sphere and kind of think of the ripples in a pond where it starts from you and emanates outward. In your home, in your household, or among your friend group, uphold the sanctity of life and live that. Right. And resolve to never have an abortion, resolve to never resort to that action. I know I have friends and I know people that have had abortions and there's no condemnation. Uh, and especially if you're a believer, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are forgiven of mm-hmm. your sins, mm-hmm. but it means you're not high handedly trying to go and do whatever you want to do. You are, you're bounded by, you're governed by the word of God. So I would say view life as sacred and then make your choices. If you sense a calling from God to be an influencer in this way, or maybe I mean, you know, 30 years ago, I, I did like the life chain thing where we stood outside and, you know, picketed the abortion places and stuff like that. And that was a very nonviolent, you know, mm-hmm. peaceful way of mm-hmm. protesting. But that wasn't my wheelhouse. I just did it because the church was going to, uh, yep. I was at, yep. I was going to do that. And some, and I agreed with it and I did it. But I think living with view of life being sacred and then letting that bleed out into all the areas of your life. And then you'll be making choices and you'll be saying words that will help in that regard. If you want to give to groups, if you want to do, if you want to go, you know, march on Washington, whatever you want to do. I mean, just do whatever you do with a good conscience before God and don't do it because someone told you you had to. Right. That's do it super because helpful. you, you know, you have a, you have a pit in your stomach about it and you know, you, you want to do something. Right. But I'd say influence those around you most. Yep. If, if you're, if you're a parent, let your children know how, how life is sacred right. by the way you treat them first, by the way you uphold uh, uh, the word and by the way you treat other people in the church and your neighbors and then and then let it flow out from there. 
Yeah. And that's, that's super helpful. What do you Mike. think? Thank what you. what kind of thoughts are you having on it? Well, part of the reason I asked the question, I'm really glad you went in the direction you did. I just, I worry that, you know, with every new thing that hits the headlines, believers feel this impulse to, to jump in. We need to help with Ukraine. We need to help with, you know, what's going on right now with, with abortion. We need to help with mm-hmm. any number of issues. And I just, I completely agree with you that that weight starts to lie really heavy, you know? Right. And I, Kevin DeYoung made this point in a, in a book called What is the Mission of the Church? He said, well, just think about how many needs there are in the world. When you start to just consider, you know, what, what about the people who are starving mm-hmm. in Nairobi? What about the people who have AIDS in this country? What about the people who just experienced a hurricane here? What about the people who are in sex trafficking here? It's like the list just goes on and on and on. So you, you pretty quickly realize, okay, as a, as a believer, I just, I, these things are in the Lord's hands. The world is broken with sin. He's going to make all things new. But right now we live in this sin-cursed world. And I just, I can't have a hand in all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, I would just say there's a, a great freedom to just exactly what you're saying, Mike. Try to live before the Lord with a good conscience and honor in, in your immediate sphere His truth. Mm-hmm. And then go as your heart directs, you know. I, we can both think of people who are, you know, have a have a heart that's heavy for a certain issue in the world, mm-hmm. and they're really engaged in it, and yet they're not looking at the believer next to them and saying, "I can't believe that you're not as passionate about this as I am." So, yeah, yeah. Well, we, right. What else would you add? No, I, I would say absolutely. I'm totally with you, and I think you know the, we're not saying do nothing. Okay, don't get us wrong. We're not saying oh, don't go give to Ukraine or whatever. I mean. I'm sure, you know, in the room right now, there's three people. There's Tanner, our, our tech director, and then there's Connor and me. And uh, Tanner has things he could say about it as well. And we all have opinions about it. And we're all probably doing something that we're not, you know, tooting our horn about. I'm saying, we're not saying do nothing. I think what we're saying is love Jesus and do whatever you want, but don't do it out of guilt or some false sense of obligation or some responsibility. Because I do think, you said it well, Connor, but that we're feeling the weight of the world on our shoulders. You know, it's like, yeah. sorry, but uh, God's God's built for that. Right. We're not. Right. You know, God is self-existent in his, uh, and, and and completely independent in his upholding all things by the word of his power and, and keep, and holding all things together and upholding the universe. Right. And we are, are a small, small part of that. And yes, we can do something significant. We can do great things uh, in God's strength, but Let's let's keep it in perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have I have one more question that's just come to my mind, but I'm, I'm wondering if we should land the plane on this one and maybe pick this up next week. The question I was going to ask is, and Mike, you've you've in some sense you've lived you know even through this in a in a way and seen it shift dramatically. I'm this kind of thing. It's so interesting. You know, it's a moral issue that all of the American consciousness is tuned into, but mm-hmm. we've essentially jettisoned anything that would give us a foundation for morality. Period. As a society. It, you know, for right. those who have embraced sure. kind of a secular world. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on just like, what's the future for the the conversation about morality and ethics in our country mm-hmm. or in the West, you know, as we just increasingly move into the secular age and mm-hmm. divorce ourselves from anything transcendent that would anchor those kind of ideas. Do you have any quick thoughts on that? I do have some quick thoughts on it. So good question. So the church indwelt by the Holy Spirit is restraining a lot of evil right now. Mm-hmm. And until Christ returns, his church will be on earth, indwelt by the Spirit, going forth with the Word, and doing what Jude said, you know, uh, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And sure, there are people creeping in unnoticed that are infiltrating the church, but the church is also to contend for the truth in the world. And Mm. so the church needs to be humble and bold with the truth. Yeah. 
and not keep it to ourselves. And yeah. far too long, uh, Christians have been told to stay quiet, stay in your lane, don't bring this into the public square. Says who? Not God. Mm. God didn't say to do that. Yeah. God said the exact opposite. Take it everywhere hmm. to everyone. Right. Yeah. And when when you hear in, in the book of Acts them saying things like these people have turned the world upside down, yeah. it's not because they all just huddle in their little clusters, you know, yeah. and didn't talk to anybody else. It's because they went out into the public square. The gospel yeah. is the power of God for salvation. Right. Right. I, Amen. I mean, come on. And, so, yeah, this is what we're dealing with. And the world's going to say, you're fools. And we're going to say, you know what? We believe this. Right. And not just we believe this, but which we do, yeah. but also we have the answers to questions that people are scratching their heads about, you know, and right. really not even asking. But when you, when you look around the world and you see people desperate for meaning, significance, a purpose towards life, justice, mm-hmm. and we're kind of waving our hands over here and saying, hey, we have answers to all of this. Uh-huh. Your system just has to justify itself endlessly, but we have something outside of the system, the triune God, that actually makes sense of all this. Right. So. When Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He didn't say you will know your truth as <laughs> you have proffered it or have you have created it. You will know the inerrant, inspired, infallible word that's authoritative and conscience-binding and perfect and eternal. You will know that truth and that truth will set you free. And so for Christians, we should have the greatest confidence in a humble way, but in a very bold way. We have the answer to everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. <laughs> exactly right. I think I think that's a good place to end. If you're good with that, all right, we're gonna uh, wrap it up there. Uh, everybody, thanks for sticking with us. I know that was a little bit wandering. Hopefully, uh, it was helpful to you. This conversation will continue over the weeks to come. So just keep uh, jumping in for the podcast. Until next week, have a great week serving the Lord. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a great day.